Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. I love this question. Actually, um, it's one of the most asked questions that we receive. And I just want to be honest, I'm real proud of you for asking this question. Because I think it's awesome. Because if you ask the question, how do I hear God's voice? The assumption is God is speaking. When you ask that question, your assumption is God is is still speaking. Because I don't know if you know this, but there are certain faith traditions in Christianity that don't believe God speaks anymore. Like the disciples died and God shut up. And that's how they believe. And that's how they live their life. And, And that's just tragic. Because when we read the Bible, God is a communicator. Like, if if God is anything, he's a talker, man. Like, he wants to talk to you, and it might come in peals of thunder, or it might be a still, small voice. But when you read Scripture, you come away like, man, God wants to talk to me. And, of course, when we we say, like, I I believe God has said this to me, or I've got this word from God, of course we want to take that and and, and check that um, with with Scripture. Like, we want to make sure that word lines up with what God has already said, because He's not going to contradict Himself. So we want to check it with Scripture. We want to check in with people who we trust, who we love, some of them who uh, sit in authority over us as shepherds and guides, others who are walking the path with us that can help us kind of discern what the Lord is saying. Um, Dallas Willard, uh, Christian philosopher, professor, author, uh, he said this in his book, uh, Hearing God. Uh, He said this, we could throw that up. If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. Because how else do you have a personal relationship unless it's a two-way conversation? If God's done talking to us, it's not a personal relationship. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 10. Here's how Jesus described the voice of God. He said, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. You and I, when Jesus describes us, when Jesus picks an analogy for us, those of us who are following Jesus, he calls us sheep. And he said, sheep know his voice. Voice. He goes on, he says, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them or brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep. Look at this. This is real key for us to, to understand God is talking. He is, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. How many of you remember? Come on, this is probably showing some of us uh, our age a little bit. How many remember when caller ID was a new thing? Yeah, like that's a, some of, okay, some of us are like, yeah, and, and right now I've lost the, the teenage crowd. Like they're looking at me like, what? Caller I what? Um, so there was this thing, kids. There was this thing. There was a, like before um, you had to uh, actually pay extra to get caller ID on your landline. Landline? What is a We had this phone. It was a yellow phone that was mounted to the wall in the kitchen. And it was a rotary phone. Kids, you had to like stick your finger in the dial and go, and then you had to wait. And if your friend had a lot of nines in their number, that was torture, right? So uh, you, you paid this extra subscription or fee or whatever, and they sent you a little box that like was beside your phone. And it would tell you who it was that was calling you. Now it's like my iPhone just tells me, hey, this is who's calling you, if I've got their name or contact information, 
right? Like it just says, hey, here's calling you. But what happened before caller ID, when the phone rang, you didn't know who it was. You're like, hey, the phone's ringing. I wonder who's calling. So you had to answer it. Like, so you answered it and you said, hello. And when they said hello back, if you really knew them, you knew immediately who it was. It's grandma's on the phone, you know, mom's calling dad. Can you come? You know, like you knew who it was. You didn't, they didn't have to say, hi, this is mom, you know, because you knew her voice. That's what, that's what, that is exactly what Jesus is saying. Exactly what Jesus is saying. Sheep know the voice of the shepherd. There are some people in our lives, we recognize their voice immediately, and God wants us, as his sons and daughters, to recognize his voice immediately, to know what he sounds like. And listen, there are pivotal things in life. In my own personal life, the most um, defining moments of my life have come from a word from God, of like a I don't know if it was audible. It was very loud, but I don't know that I heard it with my natural ears. It was, it was so clear, though, when God spoke. I remember when I was 17 years old in a West Virginia Church of God youth camp in Summersville, West Virginia, at the 4-H campground, because we didn't have our own campground. We had to rent a campground. And we had this makeshift stage in this stinky, smelly, moldy room uh, that was smaller than this space right here, and, um, and there was this like little stage, and I remember so clearly, man, it was the Thursday, like it was the hot night, you know, like if you grew up in going to youth camp, Thursday night's the night, like it, service is going to go long, right? So it was, it was Thursday night, and the preacher preached, and man, I just felt God convicting me and, and drawing me to something I didn't know what it was, and I, he, he gave an altar call, and the band's playing, I went and I kneeled down, uh, knelt down at the altar, and, and nobody was praying for me, nobody was around me, everybody was like connecting with God on their own, and I just heard so crystal clear, God just saying, I want you to preach my word, and, and I'm kind of, I'm like looking around, it was like to the point where I just stopped praying, I was like, wait, what? Who's talking to me? And nobody's there. And it's like, I'm calling you to preach. I, w- I want you to do what you just saw him do. Like, oh, okay, God. Well, I-, I wasn't expecting that. So I went home and I told my pastor. I, I was like, uh, Pastor, uh, this is, I had this experience at youth camp. And uh, I think this is, I think God is trying to tell me. And I just want to, I want to come to you. Hello, as my shepherd. And I want to submit this to you. Do you think this is the Lord talking to me? And he affirmed it. He said, yeah, man, I think God is doing something. I've seen it for a while. He already knew. Like, I've seen it for a while, just waiting on you to hear it, right? I remember I was in college one time, and I was watching a movie, and I'm not going to tell you the name of the movie, because it's not a movie you need to go watch. It was not a good movie. God can talk to you in the middle of, like, not a good movie. This is not a movie I should have been watching when I was, a, when I was in college. Anyway, uh, near the end of the movie, there's this scene the, the, the lead actress, she had lived this crazy, wild, just crazy life. And now she was, um, she was dying in her bed. And there's this scene at the end where she's laying there and nobody except the nurses in her room. And she had all of these friends and all of these people that wanted to be around her because she was so cool and she was living this lifestyle. And now at the end of her life, she's dying and nobody's there, just the nurse. And I'm watching it, not thinking about God at all. And like, it, it, was, it was so clear. Immediately, God just spoke. In this scene, he spoke and he said, she doesn't think she belongs in my presence. 
I want you to find people like her and tell them they belong, they're, they're, they belong in my presence. They're welcome with me. And like in this really not legitly not good movie, I just, I broke down, man. And like, I just started, I just sort of, I cried so hard, I busted a blood vessel in my eye. <laughs> like just the presence of God just immediately filled my, my room where I was at. And I knew God said like, that's, that's who I'm supposed to go after. That's who I'm supposed to preach the word to. People who, who don't feel like they, they have any right to come into God's presence, to come to approach the throne of grace from which we all receive love, grace from. And so I love that you asked this question because you're think, you ask this question because you want to hear him more or you want to hear him more clearly. So why don't we hear him? Why don't we hear him clearly? Well, I, I come up with three reasons that we don't hear God clearly. And the first reason is this. Sometimes it's busyness. Sometimes the reason we can't hear from God is because there's just so much going on in our life. Like, it's difficult to hear from God when, when it's just chaos all around and, and you're, you're running like a breakneck speed and you can't slow down and it's just go, 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 go. Sometimes it's really hard to pull away and hear from God. And that is a chronic problem in our culture is busyness. We're stressed out because we've bought into the lie, the myth that enough is never enough. And so we go, we go, we go for the next project, we go for the next sale, we go for the next job, we go, we go, we push, we push, we, we teach our kids to, to push and push and be on this team and be on that team and make straight A's and never miss a day. Like we, 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 we just shove and push so hard and we never slow. And it's so busy that we can't hear the voice of God. So the psalmist put it this way, Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, says, be still and know that I am God implication. You'll never know he's God until you're still long enough. If you're always busy going, going, if, if everything is always a race, you'll never know he's God because it's to, when we're still, we, we want to hear from God, but there's too much happening. And, and the truth is we'll never hear him clearly until we learn to slow down. And sometimes, like for some of us, we legit, we have to make room for God on our calendar. And if that's where your life is, like, do it. Like, pull out your day planner or your iPhone or your I, whatever calendar you use and make an appointment with God. Like, put it on there. Like, you know what? Um, Eight o'clock in the morning, if, I, if you go to work, like your work starts at nine, Eight o'clock in the morning from 8 to 8.15, that's God's appointment. I don't schedule anything there. And just make it repetitive. Like you just put it on the calendar. Because if we don't make time for him, we won't be able to hear him clearly and there will never be time for him. Number two, sometimes it's busyness. Number two, sometimes it's competing voices. It's a little bit different than busyness. Busyness is just when we go, 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 go. Competing voices is, is, is that... Sometimes there are so many things speaking into our life that we can't discern the voice of God because it's just getting caught in the cacophony of noise. And God might be yelling at us, but there are a thousand other voices speaking so we can't hear him. Jesus' disciples struggled with the same thing. Look, look at Mark chapter 6, verse 31. 
Then, because so many people were coming and going, there's so much noise. There's so many, the, the chatter of the crowd was so intense that they didn't even have a chance to eat. Look what Jesus does. He says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Get some rest. Guys, we're in this crowd and just, there's, there's too many voices right now. So, fellas, here's what I want to do. I want us to get away. I, I want us to quiet the atmosphere. I want to lead you to a quiet place. There's so much going on right now. People are talking. People are chattering. You're hearing this person and that person, and, and, the, and, the, and the news anchors are going back and forth and bickering back and forth. It's just so much noise. Jesus wants to pull us away to a quiet place. What, if, what would it be like if you could cut through the noise in your life, the competition for voice? What would that look like for you? Some of us, some of us have some, some voices we just need to eliminate, right? Like some of us, there are voices that are speaking. We just need to eliminate them. Others of us, we have voices that we need to restrict. It's not that they're bad. It's that they're, they're taking too much of a primary place in our life. And let me just let you know, like right now, most of us know what those are, you know, like right now, you're already thinking of some voices you need to pull back to restrict. And I'll just let you know, like if you think it's your kids, it's not your kids, okay? They may, you may need to turn the volume down on them. Hey, we need to dial it down. But you don't need to restrict their voice. That's not the voice God's telling you. I think most of the time in our culture, it's a digital voice. I know that's what it is for me. I know that, that when I'm feeling distant from God, one of the first things I need to check is how loud is that digital voice? my iPhone, my iPad, my Instagram, my Facebook, my, my YouTube channels that I want to get on and see what have they done? What is the crazy thing they've eaten this week? We ate pig's blood. Oh, cool. And I watch it and I laugh my head off, but sometimes that noise gets too, too much, man. And some of us, like, we're We'll, we'll wake up in the morning, and because I, if, you're, if you live like I live, and I think I live like you live, my phone's right beside my bed, because that's where I charge it at night. And when I wake up, it's my alarm clock. I don't have a, my alarm clock's not even plugged in anymore. Like, I unplugged it months ago, and I forgot to plug it in, because I've got an alarm clock on my phone. And so my phone goes off, and it's the first thing I grab. Turn it off, open it up. And some of us, we're more quick to tell Facebook what's on our mind before we actually hear from God what's on his heart. And the digital voice, man. The, that noise is just, is just cranking up and crank. We were at dinner the other night, and, uh, and I looked around, and I saw this family sitting at a table. And every person in the family, they had their phone out. just And the kids had it this way because they're playing. And, and they're not texting each other. I mean, that would be weird, like sitting around the table like, hey, what's up? How's that, how's that asparagus treating you? It's pretty good, you know? Like that's we're. We're so attacked. And listen, I don't want you to leave today thinking, like, he preached about social media. Social media is fine. It's just got to be put in the right place. It's got to be put in the right place because I read a stat that the average American adult spends somewhere between three to four hours a day on their phone, which is 20 to 30 hours a week, and yet we barely have enough, enough um, availability to carve out an hour for God on Sunday morning. I can carve out 30 hours a week for my device. 
But God, God, you got, God, if you go beyond 90 minutes, I'll, I'll find me another church. Church goes too long. And, and we ask the question, how do I hear God's voice? And we're entertaining all these competing voices. So to hear the voice of God, like, you have to turn down the, the world's volume. God will not yell over the competing voices in your life. He refuses to compete with them. He is God, and beside him there is no other. And so God's not going to try to yell out over the noise. He wants you to turn down the noise. Just like Jesus told his disciples, hey, guys, the crowd, they're, 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 so many people are coming and going, just come away with me to a quiet place. We'll re-engage. It's not like Jesus lived this hermit life. He's always with the crowd, but there are periodic times where he disengages and says, you know what? I got to spend some time with my father. Guys, disciples, uh, people follow, you got you to come away with me. We got to spend some quiet time. Number two, number three. Second, the third thing that I think can like cause us not to hear the voice of God is, is unprepared hearts. Unprepared hearts. Jesus, Jesus is speaking I just, I think sometimes we don't have ears to hear what he's saying because our hearts haven't been prepared to hear what he's saying. And this is good to do even on Sunday morning. Like, like if, you're, if you like wake your kids up at, at, at 7.30 to come to church and, and you've been getting up at 7.30 with them, try this. Next week, get up at 7 o'clock, okay? Spend about 10 or 15 minutes just preparing your own heart. Lord, today I'm, gonna, we're gonna go to church today, God, and and Lord, I just want to be ready to hear from you. Before I get the kids up, God, before we start making breakfast, before I have to throw my VC kids shirt on to run out the door and, and, and teach the, the, the elementary class, God, today, I want to hear from you. So Lord, I just want to prepare my heart. Lord, would you soften my heart today? Would you open my ears? You, you just spend a little bit of time preparing, and, and I promise you, it will seem like God speaks to you more. But he's not speaking more. You're just able to hear him better. Let me let me do this. Let me let me do this illustration. This is going to be fun. Uh, I want everybody in the room to stand up if you're physically possible, physically able. I mean, if you're physically able, stand up all over the room. Okay, all over the room. Here in a second, TJ's going to play a sound from the computer. If you can hear that sound, I want you to sit down. Okay. Uh, if you can hear it, sit down. Now, don't sit down if you don't hear it. Okay. Like when you see somebody sit down, like. Oh, I'm like, don't do that, okay? It's not going to make it make sense. So uh, go ahead, TJ, play that sound. If you hear it, sit down. The people you see standing up, they're old. <laughs> you go ahead, t- turn it off. You're driving some people crazy, TJ. They're like, turn it off. Oh, my God. My ears are going to bleed. Um, do we get it off? Okay, cool, yeah. We don't want to hear that noise anymore. Um, can I be honest with you? I didn't hear it at all. I didn't hear it. I can't hear it. I didn't hear, no, okay. All right, cool. We got it off. Some of you are like, still on. Oh, turn it on. It's a mosquito frequency. That was 17.4 kilohertz. That's, a, that's the sound of a mosquito. And here's the deal. Everyone... At some point in their life, they could hear that. Some of us lost that ability. Sometimes it's just because you got old, okay? That, like, 
Sometimes it's because you play a lot of music and like you've, you've killed that frequency and you just don't hear it anymore. Sometimes it's damage to your ears. Whatever it is, the, the more you've experienced, the more damage to your hearing, the less you can hear. You can't hear that frequency. It's there, but because your ears haven't been prepared to hear it, you can't hear it. I love the way Hebrews Chapter 12, verse 1 says in the Passion Translation, I love this. This blew my mind a couple weeks ago when I read this. It says, as for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. And the sin that so easily we so easily fall into. And I loved that, 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 that pulling out that nuance of every wound that's pierced us because sometimes our woundedness keeps us from hearing what God is saying. It's there, but that bitterness that we won't let go of. He's speaking. But the hurt that we refuse to open up to his presence and let his healing virtue flow in keeps us from hearing his voice. And the, the author of Hebrews doesn't say, like, oh, you just, that wound doesn't matter. Like, you just need, that didn't hurt that bad. No, he says, like, it's real. Some, sometimes you've got you to gotta let it go. And, and I'm not quick to just be like, well, you got to let go and let God. Hallelujah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't get that all the time. But there is, a, there is woundedness sometimes that's affecting our ability to hear from God. And what we need to do is we need to receive healing from God so that he can restore us, uh, restore our hearing and bring healing to our lives. The sound was there, but some of us couldn't hear it. God is speaking and sometimes we don't hear it. So how do we hear, how do we cultivate? Okay, so if, if there is something, whether it's busyness or, or whether it's competing voices or, or whether it's an unprepared heart or da- you know, damage and that, that, that woundedness, like how do we, okay, how do we hear from God? Well, that's why I want to just real briefly take you to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. So we had three things that can keep us from hearing God. I want to give you three things that can cultivate in your life, if you'll focus on these three things, I'll guarantee you, you'll hear from God more clearly and you'll hear from God louder. And you do these three things for a year, you'll come out on the other side and just go, oh my gosh, he's speaking to me every day. Look at this, First Samuel chapter three. We're gonna pick up verse one and go all the way through verse 11. The boy Samuel... Uh, I'm not going to do a lot of context because this kind of provides it, but Samuel was like a miracle child. He was born to his mama, Hannah, who was barren. Uh, She prayed for a child. God gave her a child. She dedicated him to the Lord. He served in the temple. There's your context. All right. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli was the priest. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In other words, people were asking, how do we hear from God? How do we hear God's voice? And so then the story of Samuel comes about. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Parents, 
you know exactly what Eli's dealing with. Go lay back down. Bothering me? So he went and laid back down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Can I have a glass of water? No. Drink your spit. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as the other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Side note, just a reminder, there hadn't been a lot of hearing from God. Their ears hadn't been tingling for a long time. So the Lord tells Samuel, Samuel, I'm about to do something in your life that's going to make the ears of people tingle. They're going to hear the word of the Lord again. It's going to be through you. It's awesome. It's amazing. If you've got a kid, you need to like lay hold of that, man. Like God can speak through your children and, and use them to be prophets and prophetesses of God. It's awesome. Three things on how to create an environment where you can hear from God. Three things that we see Samuel do before he even knows God. Three things that he does. Number one, God is speaking as we read his word. Well, where do you see that? Look, look where Samuel was in the story. He was laying beside what? The lamp. You can go to the next one. Yeah. Your word, this is what Psalm uh, 119 says, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Why is that important? Samuel in the temple is lying beside near the lamp. The lamp is a symbol for the word of God. And this might sound like old-fashioned preaching, but it's true nonetheless. We have to get in his book in order to hear his voice. The more time we spend in the Word of God, the more time we spend reading the Word of God, taking it in, the more we will hear from him, the more alive it will become. For some of us, the more we read, it'll be like a 3D movie where the Word of God is like jumping off of the page. Well, how do I get that? How do I get there in that relationship with the Bible? You read it over and over and over again, but I'm not getting anything out of it. Just keep reading it. Read until he speaks to you. Read until you come across a phrase or a verse, and it like it, you would say it jumped off the page, and I knew God was speaking to me. Read until that happens, and then chew on it for the day. Then go back the next morning and start reading again until, bam, he hits you. So we've got three months left, three months left in this year, 2019. And some of us, like in January, maybe you started the one-year Bible plan, and you're in April. <laughs> don't try to catch up. That's just discouraging, okay? Like, don't try it. Just pick up where you are today. Like, go and be like, all right, well, you know, September, what is today, the 29th, I'm just going to start reading right there. I'll pick up what I missed next year. 
Like, I'll, I'll just pick it up. I, this is, I'm on a marathon. I'll get what I missed next year, right? Don't try to catch up. Just jump in today. Like, you pick up those, those parts. If you're not on a, if you're like, you didn't start a reading plan or you already finished some, like, well, what do, you, what do I do now? Well, if you've never read the Bible, start with the Gospel of John, 21 chapters. Read, read a chapter a day and you got it read in three weeks. Read a, read a half a chapter a day and you got a month and a half of reading. And you just chew on it, man. You just reflect on it. You think about it. Well, I've, I've read that before. Well, I, well, what about like another? Here's a real easy thing you can do. I've done this before. It's awesome. October has 31 days. There are 31 chapters of Proverbs. Read a chapter of Proverbs a day. It'll take you a couple minutes, five minutes maybe in the morning if it's long. And you just, the, I, I guarantee you there will be something, there'll be one of those Proverbs that'll just like jump off and you'll think, man, I need to think about that today. I need to reflect on that. Or I need, to, I need to hold that in my heart and really just like, what is God trying to say to that, in that to me? So number one, he speaks to us as we read his word. Number two, God is speaking as we host his presence. This is why we're doing the October series. Because God speaks when we host his presence. Back to Samuel. Where was Samuel? He was lying near the lamp. But what was he also next to? The Ark of the Covenant. What is the Ark of the Covenant? Think of, think of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? It's this, it's this box overlaid with gold with these uh, seraphim or angels' wings kind of stretching over to the middle, right? Kind of doing that on both sides. Inside the box, there are some, uh, some things, Aaron's staff, uh, the, the tablets, the commandments, uh, some manna from heaven. That's all in the box, right? But the key thing is right in the middle, there was this, there was this place in the, on the box that they called the mercy seat. And what, what they experienced was that the manifest presence of God between these outstretched wings, the presence of God would hover over the box, and so what was Samuel doing? Samuel was hanging out in the presence. And that's the Old Testament. Today, today, that, that place is you, specifically you in worship. Bible is clear, man. God is attracted to worship. I heard this one preacher say, if you're trying to find God, just worship. He'll find you. Because God is attracted. God, God wants. The Bible says he's seeking. Look at this. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. The Lord is looking. He's, he's looking over the earth. What's he looking for? To strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God's looking for a heart that's crying out to him. To, to seek him. To, to find him. The New Testament, Jesus puts it this way in John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming when, and, and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is looking for people to worship Him. And nothing cultivates the presence of God like passionate worship. God is attracted to your worship. He wants to inhabit your praise. And so if you want to hear him, cultivate a practice of hosting his presence in worship. And here at Vertical Church, like, legit, if you're new, our goal, man, is to create an environment where people feel welcome here. 
Like we don't, we don't want this place to be a place of like no, no intimidation, no judgment. Like we want you to feel welcome and accepted and, and just loved on. But we don't believe that's incongruent with the worship of God. In fact, we believe that, that the worship experience, and I've fallen into a trap before, to, and some of you have been here long enough, you've kind of seen me personally make this journey. Like, I used to say stuff like, hey, this worship experience, it's not for you, it's for them. Listen, this isn't for you, it ain't for me, and it's not for them. It's called a worship experience. It's for him. Like, it's... it's like, like, if we miss that, then we're just a social gathering. This is just a self-help talk. You can get that on YouTube. This is a worship experience. We're here to welcome the presence of God. And, and I love how David put it. David was bring, he was welcoming in the presence of God back to Jerusalem, and, and he got a little crazy with his dance and his praise, and his wife started fussing at him, telling him, you look crazy doing that. I can't believe you would show up. Like, I, who do you think you are? And David said, woman, I will become more undignified than this because the last time I checked, only one person saved me from hell and death and sin. His name is Jesus, and when I have a worship experience, I want that experience to be about him. Like, and, and here's the crazy thing. When you cultivate an atmosphere and an environment where he is the central focus, Scripture says when we lift him up, he draws people to him. And so, like, I've lived in that place where I got the cart before the horse. Like, let's make this thing hip and trendy and let's sing songs that people know on the radio on like uh, uh, whatever, like they're listening to, like some latest hip-hop song. So they'll know it and they'll feel like this is, oh, these are my people. But the, if there's no presence, there's no salvation. And I'm not saying that's bad and I'm not like saying like we missed the mark and churches that do that miss the mark, like that's fine. If that's the direction God takes them, like so be it. But I've just kind of come to a place in my life where it's like, hey, man, the central thing is the central thing. The main thing is the main thing. Let's just preach Jesus, worship Jesus, and let's trust him that he'll draw people to it. So number two, he, 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 he speaks to us as we host his presence. The last one, God is speaking as we are planted in the church. Again, let's go back to Samuel. It all starts with Samuel. Where is he? He's by the lamp. He's by the ark. And he's in the temple. He's in the temple. The best advice I can ever give somebody is like, if you go to a new town, if you move, is one of the first things you need to do. You don't need to, listen, don't pick your house based on the school system. Find a church that, you're, that you can commute to. Well, I'd love to go to that church, but it's too far. Well, then you need to move. Or you need to make that drive. But don't just make it on Sunday. Like if you move and find a new place, find a church and then center your life around that. Listen, if you're here today and you're a guest, like, we think our church is really great. Like, we want you to come back. I think, I think you should come back. I think this is awesome. But, um, but I, more than anything, I just want you to find one. Like, like find, it doesn't have to be this one. And, and no guilt, shame, none of that intended. If this is your first time back in a long time, like, that's cool, man. Welcome. We're, we're excited that you're here. But when you find a church you can plant into, don't go just every once in a while. Root down in that thing. 
devote yourself to it. Give yourself. Pour your life into it. And I guarantee you, if you'll do that for a year, on the other side, you'll say, man, God, God won't stop talking to me. He talks to me every time I come to church. Look what, and that's not just me saying that. Look what the psalmist says, Psalm 92. This is the last scripture, and then we'll, we'll wrap up after this. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Well, where will they flourish? How are they going to do that? Where, well, what's that look like? He says, when they are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God when they're planted in the house. So what was Samuel doing? He was in the temple. He was by the ark, and he was with the lamp. Almost like a game of Clue. <laughs> he killed the professor with the noose in the library. <laughs> Samuel was in the temple by the ark with the lamp, and he heard from God because he was in the house of God. He, he cultivated, even before he knew God, he cultivated an environment where his hearing was tuned into what God was saying. Man, every good thing that has ever happened to me has happened in church. I was baptized in church. I was discipled and disciplined in church. I was filled with the Spirit of God in church. I was called to ministry in church. I met hope in church. We had Lex in a birthing center in Sweetwater, Tennessee. <laughs> so almost every good thing that has happened to me has happened in church. But maybe God is speaking to you right now. And you, he's telling you, you got to put yourself in an environment where you can hear me. This is going to sound, this, this is the last thing I wrote down, and it's going to sound totally off the wall, but pineapples don't grow naturally in Alaska. They grow naturally in Hawaii. It's a different environment. And if you want the right fruit, you got to make sure you're in the right environment. Does that make sense? So if you don't remember anything else, here's what I want you to remember. Pineapples don't grow naturally in Alaska. And all the rest of that will come racing back to you. Let me pray for you this, this morning. And I'm going to pray that God would just begin to speak to you ever so clear. God, we thank you for your presence here with us this morning. We thank you that you are so faithful. God, you're so faithful to just speak and lead. And like sheep, God, we want to know your voice so that when you go, when you head out of the gate, we can follow you because we hear your voice calling us to the path. And you'll go out ahead of us and you'll call us to yourself and we'll recognize your voice because we've cultivated an environment where we can hear you. Lord, right now, people are hearing from the Holy Spirit. It might be about busyness. It might be about a competing voice. It might be about preparing their heart. God, you might be calling some people to root themselves in your word or you might be calling other people to, to host your presence and to live an atmosphere of worship. And others, God, you're, you're revealing to them how they need to plant themselves in the house of God. And you're doing it all at the same time because you're awesome. I just pray, God, over every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room, God, that you would just speak directly to them. Right now that the heavens would be open and our ears would be tuned in to the voice of, of Jesus speaking to us. We want to hear from you. 
Matter of fact, you might just want to make this your prayer. Just like Samuel said, right now just tell him, speak, your servant is listening. Come on, just in your, in, you can put it in your own words. You don't have to say it loud. Just say it loud enough for him to hear you. Just let him know, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. I'm in your house, hosting your presence. Reading your word, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here at Vertical Church, we like to wrap up every Sunday with an opportunity for prayer. Uh, It's not anything that you're obligated to participate in, but we do want to provide that because we recognize some of you came to church and you're carrying a heavy load today. And you want somebody to just come along beside of you and, and pray over you, or maybe you've got a situation that you need the miraculous power of God to, to minister in and move in. And, and what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to, if you're on our prayer team, if you're in this room, go ahead and make your way up. And when, when I wrap up and, and say one more prayer, If that's you today and you want to receive prayer, would you just go ahead and make your way up here? Find one of these men and women. They just want to say a prayer over you. They want to connect their faith with yours. These are people that are are full of God and they love Jesus and they love you and they want to pray over you, God's activity in your life. And so if you need prayer today, when I say amen, I want you to just make your way up here. God, we thank you for this opportunity we've had here today. And Lord, as we leave this place, we want you to go with us, God, and bring us back next week ready to hear from you, ready to receive from you. In fact, God, speak to us all week. Just be a constant voice in our, in our ears. Like Isaiah said, there'll be a voice in our ears telling us what, this is the way. Walk in it. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. We say amen. Amen. I hope you have a great day the rest of today. Come back next week, kicking off our new series, Presence. If you need prayer, our prayer team will hang out here for a few minutes. They're ready to pray with you. Y'all have a great Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.